Buffalo, we finally have a date set for the Tennessee Titans-Buffalo Bills game. And honestly, it's been one hell of a week, right, Graham? I mean, we've we've been on a roller coaster ride with this thing. Man, I'm surprised I can... I still am breathing, to be honest. It's been a hard thing to process with all the COVID stuff and and everything going on, but we'll get into that, man. We will. We will. Hey, thank you for tuning into the Buffalo Binge. I'm your host, AY, and as always, I'm joined with my good friend, Eric Graham. We got plenty coming your way. Howdy. You know, we've got some NHL news, Buffalo Sabres, Kevin Adams making some moves, splash and dash, baby. So we're going to get into that a little bit here. First off, I just want to say thank you for all the feedback we've been getting on Facebook. Sorry we couldn't get to you guys last week for the Raiders post game. We were very busy, a lot of setbacks, but we are here. We're happy to be here, and thank you for tagging along and showing all your support. Right, Graham? Oh, yeah, man. 292 followers as of right now on the Facebook page. You guys have been blowing it up. You guys keep getting involved in the conversation on the page. I can't stress it enough. We want to hear from you guys. It has been phenomenal, all the support that we've been getting. Big shout out to our friend Max Hartnett, our friend Ryan Irons. They've been hitting us up all the time with news and information and what they think we need to work on. And we love all the feedback that we've been getting, good or bad. So we want you guys to make sure that you guys are getting at us there. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Graham. So thank you guys again. Uh, But like I said, before we dive into the Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, and we ride that roller coaster together, we're going to talk a little bit of the Buffalo Sabres here. It's been a minute. NHL draft is coming, gone, Graham. Free agency is in the motion right now, and I can't be happier with what the Sabres are doing. I know when we first started talking about this new guy, Kevin Adams, what was it going to take for him to make Buffalo a contender? What what kind of moves was he going to make? We, we, You and I both decided doesn't need to be splashy, but woo, woo, big splash. There's a big <laughs> splash right there, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I am so excited. The big news right now is that the Sabres just got Taylor Hall for one mil. Or sorry, one year, eight million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about it. You know what I mean? We talked about the possibility of him even joining the Sabers. We we always said hopefully they at least talk to him. But not gonna lie, in the back of my mind, at least, I didn't think the Sabers could actually pull something like this off. Honestly, I thought that there was no shot, and that we were just speaking out of. Honestly, I thought that there was no shot, and that we were just speaking out of like a crazy place in our head, like that there was no way that this was going right. to happen. It's insane. You know, he all he's done to this point is talk about long-term deals, bigger contracts. He wants to be somewhere consistently. But you know what? The teams I wanted to go to didn't want me. So why not go to Buffalo? They want me. You're getting a lot of money for a year, man. And I can't be happier for Taylor Hall joining Jack Eichel on that front line because that's exactly where he's going to be. Do you disagree? No, I do not disagree with you at all on that, man. He's going to be on that top line with Jack Eichel. And I honestly think it could be one of the top scoring top lines in the NHL this year with the two of them. Sure. They're two of the fastest skaters in the NHL. Eichel's always in the speed competition at the all-star game. Taylor Hall is a speed demon himself. Just having the two of them on that front line. Oh my God. It's going to be crazy. And you know what? You kind of feel like a little buffalo bills mantra getting introduced into the sabers right now you know what i mean a little bit you know what i mean like a little bit of an uprising right here so i did not see this coming whatsoever blew my socks off this kind of reminds me of not the stefan diggs trade but the terrell owen signing when all the players just were being interviewed right after and trent edwards is like dude i didn't even know i know we said just you know be humble and you don't have to make the big move, but the right move. Say, it's both. This th- one this is both. Is. You know, a lot of people are saying we paid them too much, blah, blah, blah. You can't please every single Sabres fan, Bills fan, the true fans who are listening and understand 
what has to happen to create a winning organization. This is a win-win for the Sabres. Even if we don't make the playoffs, we are trading Taylor Hall for assets. Absolutely. Whether it's draft picks or talent that can help us on the front four lines. Absolutely. If we do make the playoffs, we have one of the most dangerous front lines in the NHL now. And I, I'm going to stick to that. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Sabres fan. That is a lethal line. And if they can figure it out and learn how to gel sooner than later, I think this is going to be one of the hardest lines to stop in the whole entire league. I, Dude, I agree with you 100%. And I know that some fans, like you said, are unhappy with the price tag. I am not. I think that this is a fair price for Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. 100%. If I remember right, I was thinking it was about eight and a half to nine mil to get him in the first place right. when we were discussing it. And the fact that we even kind of discussed it in the past mm-hmm. just kind of blows my mind that we were we were right that they happened. But I understand why some fans are unhappy with the price tag because they wanted to be able to put other pieces into play, like a, a veteran goaltender. Like you were saying in previous episodes, you want them to address the goaltending position. I think that this is the right move. I don't think that you're going to get any worse with keeping Linus Allmark in net. Taylor Hall is going to produce enough to make up for the fact that you might not have a top-tier goaltender. They also have a younger goaltender in the system, too, as well, that you, you've you been pretty high on since they've had him, right? Yeah, U- UPL, or uh, Uko Pekalukanen. Right. So I, maybe, I just call him UPL because his name's hard for right, me to pronounce. <laughs> right. So it's definitely a tongue twister. But yeah, so you got him coming up, probably backing up Allmark this year. I, I'm just extremely ecstatic with the direction that Kevin Adams is showing us. He's showing, you know what? If we want to bring in top dollar guys, we have to. Taylor Hall, a lot of people you know, were instantly out on Twitter talking about how big of a joke it was, yada, yada. Comes out with a videogram. You actually showed me the video. Yeah, I did, and I shared it on our Facebook page. So everybody that's not out there following the Facebook page, go out and follow it, and you can watch that video that I shared mm-hmm. about Taylor Hall. He said he wanted to jump through a table, but he didn't think it was right. Didn't think it was safe. Yeah, I told him he should have ran through it anyways, jumped through it. Honestly, right up there with the signing of Taylor Hall, is the fact that the Sabres somehow locked up Rasmus Ristolainen for an extended yeah. contract. Yeah, that was crazy. I really think that when his contract was up, he was going to walk because he's sick of losing. But I think that the Taylor Hall signing is really like what got him. Mm-hmm. Like they said, hey, we're talking to Taylor Hall and it's going good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we also might want to stick around. Right. We got him for six years. Matt Irwin, the defenseman out of Nashville. And Brandon Davidson. You know, if I, if I was to grade any of this, I'd say probably a B plus A. Probably an A right now. I'm looking A, dude. The guys that he did get, like Matt Irwin, Brandon Davidson, they're they're on cheaper deals. So they're not going to cost you that much. They could contribute on that on the defense. Brandon Montour extended. Rasmus Rusalainen extended. You got guys that are already familiar with each other in that locker room. It it, it just makes a lot of sense to keep a lot of the pieces that you have. Mm -hmm. And adding a guy like Taylor Hall at a good price point, I would say. Oh, yeah. Is going to be a huge difference maker. We are. We are paying Taylor Hall less than we are paying Jeff Skinner on a yearly basis. Right, which is what fans also need to remember is that Taylor Hall is more productive and a better player than Jeff Skinner. Hands down, Taylor Hall is a way better player than Jeff Skinner. Proven player. This is a proven NHL talent. This is what the Sabres needed. This is what Jack Eichel needed. And and you're getting him for cheaper than Jeff Skinner, which is insane. So let's let's dive in a little bit to how we think the lines are going to shape up. You know, first line, obviously, I, I think it's going to be Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, and probably Olafson right over there on the right wing. Yeah, I, I think you could you could do Olafson or Reinhardt. Honestly, night to night, it, it doesn't matter right. now at this point. Right. How about line two? What do you got for that one? Uh, it's going to be Stahl, Skinner, and either Olafson or Reinhardt. 
right uh, interchangeable like i said earlier i think tobias reader is going to take over the third line left wing spot cody eakin another recent signing we had for a center uh and dylan cousins man i think he's going to get third line right wing spot for us yeah i i like dylan cousins i think he's ready for the nhl he had a very good tenure last year in the echl the kid just looks like he's grown a lot in this past year and he looks ready that that fourth line though is pretty interesting to me now yeah now, now that the top six is really set that fourth line is real interesting to me. It's kind of up in the air a little bit, too. We bring back Gergensen's this year. We extended him. Yep. I know a lot of fans aren't very happy about that. Personally, I am. I like his grinder mentality. I feel like the guy's always up on the boards. He's always making pressure on the forecheck. I like it. I like his attitude. Uh, we also recently signed Curtis Lazar to another yep, extension. Kyle Okposo, I think, is obviously going to be on that fourth line. He was he was there all last year with Larson. Uh, so that won't surprise me seeing him there. There are rumors right now that, that they may buy out Okposo's contract. I wouldn't take any stock in that because then you're losing six and a half mil for the rest of his contract and he's not going to be playing for you. So you'd have to spend the six and a half mil. And after the Taylor Hall signing, we actually only have 13 million left in cap space. So literally put that in half pretty much right. once you buy out Okposo. The other two names that are kind of up in the air at this point, one of them I really like we got in the trade from St. Louis was Tage Thompson recently extended as well. I think he's a great upcoming kid. He's got great size, good center. Hopefully he can push uh, Lazar there for that center spot on the fourth line because I think he can. I, I really think he can too, man. I've really liked watching Tage Thompson, what he can do with the puck. Without the puck is where his game really struggles. He tries to do too much with the puck also. So that's just growth and learning the game a little better on a, on a higher level. I think that Tage based on what he did last year in Rochester, can take a big step forward this year. The guy that I'm really concerned about who could potentially also push this fourth line at center is Casey Middlestat. I don't really know if Casey Middlestat is going to be like a long-term thing for Buffalo. I, I don't think he's long for Buffalo, man. I think he's on the trade block. Do you think the Sabres still make a move for another guy who might be at the $8 million range and you package Casey Middlestat and somebody else, maybe a couple players, and you go out and you get another second line, first line talent? I don't think so. I don't think you need another second line, first line talent looking at what we got right now. Obviously, it wouldn't hurt. I think that really what you're looking for is a goaltender at this mm -hmm. point. Knowing that UPL is not proven in the NHL, but he's supposedly like a big prodigy coming up. He's a very good goaltender. Um, Not really knowing what you have there. I think that you kind of stay with what you got. Maybe trade Casey Middlestat for maybe another guy for the third line. Okay. And move Cody Eakin down to that fourth line center. So... Sabres fans, be excited. Kevin Adams is is splashing your world right up with tons of excitement. Stay tuned because I'm sure there's more moves to come for the Sabres, which takes me into the NHL draft. Kevin Adams' first draft as a Sabres GM. Graham, and how do you feel about it? How do you feel? I think he did pretty well. It seems like he's got two really good pieces coming out of this draft. I was actually a little surprised that they didn't trade that number eight pick. I know that you and I, when we talked about it, we were real surprised. Mm -hmm. I, I, I for sure was, but we didn't. And you know what? Maybe that's because Kevin Adams the whole time had a little inkling that Taylor Hall was coming our way and he didn't need to trade. So you go out and you get a Jack Quinn uh, right winger eight overall. And you know what? There's a lot of people saying that Jack Quinn has some of the best IQ in this draft as a hockey player. Little small, but you know what? 
there's a bunch of upside to this kid. A lot of teams are high on him. And I know a lot of fans uh, in the Sabres world, Sabres Mafia especially, is out there saying, you know, they're kind of 50-50. There was Jack Quinn. And then I guess they thought that there was another person out there that was kind of a little bit better. But I, I like what the Sabres did here with Jack Quinn at number eight. What about you? Yeah, man, I cannot stress this enough. Hockey is so hard to scout. You don't really know how players are going to develop once their bodies come into form, once they hit 20 to 22, because then that's when guys are really at their full growth for the most part they don't really get much stronger they don't really get any taller and jack quinn looks good coming out of the ohl he had 89 points through 62 games in his last year in the ohl that's crazy so that's pretty good they consider him to be a sniper but i wouldn't count on him to have even a 40 goal season through his career right he's not really that type of player his numbers are really good because he's more of like a playmaker style like he sets stuff up and he can also finish you know like he then that's what i was getting at with the iq a lot of scouts are saying his his hockey iq is second to none in this draft and and that's why he sets his team up for success he seems to be in the right place at the right time delivering the puck at the right place at the right time i like it i like the pick a lot i i do too man and you know what's crazy too is that this kid even came out and said that he never really worked out until he was like 15 or 16 and that's when he made it to triple a hockey he was playing double a hockey his whole life he was playing at a lower level finally gets a shot in the ohl draft and starts working out and that made his game improve even that much more right so being on an nhl level workout regimen i think that this kid can take big steps and his ceiling is a lot higher than what people are giving him credit for and it's just like you said man you hit the nail right on the head scouting for the nhl is very hard to do but we've seen talent get drafted in the third round to turn into superstars braden point uh the list goes on though i mean i could sit here and list off hundreds of names of people who got drafted out of the first round that are doing just fine. Right. Uh, So that actually brings me to the other two guys that I'm most excited to see eventually in our farm system on the Sabres, JJ Pedrica. I like him at the right winger. A lot of people were high on him. Uh, And Matteo Constantini, I I think he's going to be a great center for us in the future, man. I, I thought that was a steal. I'm really hoping so, man. That kid has good speed and he's got quick hands. He looks like he might have a good shot at like a lower six forward. And like you said, I'm not going to sit here and speculate what they've done in the past and, you know, get into what I think they can do in the future. I just know that from what I heard before the draft, those guys were, were definitely drafted for good value by the Sabres where they got them. So I'm, I'm happy for that. Kevin Adams, you're doing great, man. Keep it up. I I can't be happy to be a Sabres fan right now. It's a good time. Yeah, man. Taylor Hall. Welcome to Buffalo, man. Yep. I guess Ralph Kruger played a big role in getting him here. That's that's what I heard, too. I know we talked about that before. He played for him over in Edmonton and yep. really liked that. So maybe that was a key contributor as to why we lured in Taylor Hall more than other teams. Because there were plenty of teams out there that wanted him. At least 20 teams probably called him. Right. Like he said, though, he, uh, he wanted to play for a contender. None of the contenders wanted to pay him his price. It's a win-win for Kevin Adams. If we don't make it, we can trade him. If we do make it, well... We might be talking extension after this year. So we'll see how it plays out. That's going to do it here for the Sabres, though. We're going to get right into our other segment, the Buffalo Bills, baby, the heart and soul of this city. Playing tonight. Playing tonight. Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills. Don't know how the Titans are going to feel the team, though, because they have 20 plus people confirmed to have COVID-19. It's crazy. And this has been a roller coaster, man. I mean, this is you, you talk about having to take Tylenol for being sore. This whole situation just gives you a <laughs> headache. I'm actually kind of really disappointed about this. You know, and we talked a little bit about it in Woodbine Sports. I don't think the NFL handled this correctly. I don't either, man. It kind of frustrates me, actually, because you had the longest time to set up for this whole situation that's been going on in the world. You've had all this time to game plan for the what if factor. So you you make a 16 player practice squad. Right. 
for, for every team. You allow them to have extended players. You can put veterans on the practice squad. So when a team gets over the amount of players on the practice squad, we're not going to cause a forfeiture. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bills fan, but I mean, now you're talking about the Bills possibly getting sick. Titans haven't even been allowed in their facilities for like the whole week. And now you're just going to have a game and the Bills are going to walk in their facilities and everything's going to be fine and nobody's going to get sick. Well, not to mention the fact that the Titans also broke protocol. Right. That's the big factor that I think that people are overlooking. I really think they should have to forfeit this game. I don't really understand how you can justify sending a whole team into another team's stadium two days after they just had another positive COVID. Right. The coach gets a positive test over the weekend and the NFL already came out and said, if you get one more positive test over the weekend, you're, you're not playing. Well, since it wasn't a player, apparently that doesn't play a role in this because they did get another one and we're still playing. Dude, it's all the scheduling stuff that's going on. It's it's they had to rearrange most of the schedule, if not all of the schedule just right. for the Chargers. Just insanity right now. The trickle effect that this has caused amongst the league is crazy. And it, it's not fair to the rest of the teams. And I said it in Woodbine. I'm going to say it right now. Every player is responsible for their actions and how they handle the rest of their day when they leave that facility. Every player and coach. And coach. If every other team has to follow these regulations and do everything and, and live this hard life of trying to figure out how to stay healthy and not get sick and spread this virus... How come when a team has 20 plus people, they're not being held accountable? Like this, these guys were told you can't practice today. Then they all of a sudden all show up at a field and there's pictures taken of them with no masks on and they're running routes. They're doing everything like you literally blatantly broke the damn rules, right? The punishment's nothing. It's okay. We're going to reorchestrate the whole entire schedule around you guys so that you guys can still play this game. There's no forfeiture, but everybody else has to be scrambled eggs and right. figure out what's getting cooked in the pan. Well, that and the fact that we have now lost our primetime game against the Chiefs right. th- for Thursday night. That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude, that no, it's ridiculous. It is. Because now we're playing Monday night at five o'clock in the afternoon. That game could very well be for the AFC title. Bills, Chiefs. If the Bills win this game against the Titans, if we're gonna we're gonna dive into that first. I don't I don't like speculating a a week ahead, but we would be playing the Titans and then possibly playing the Chiefs for the first place of the AFC. Right. Because the Raiders just beat the Chiefs. We beat the Titans. We've beaten all of our opponents. The Chiefs have beaten their opponents. We would have been on the top of the AFC by like two games. No, because the Steelers, well, the Steelers, the Steelers, are, Steelers still, are still undefeated. But that, you know what I'm getting at? Like it would have put us in a real prime position. That would have been a great yes. prime time game. Like yes, that's what you great- set. That's what you set those games up for. Right. For situations that you think might happen. And that was a situation they probably thought was going to happen. Hey, these might be two AFC, you know, front runners this year. Let's. Uh, yeah. Prime time. Let's give them that prime time action. And now we're playing at five o'clock. Like I might miss that game. Right. I'm, I might very well miss that game. I, I am most likely missing the game tonight because I have school. Right. And it's unfortunate. Be- and it's just ridiculous, dude. It is. I really think that because they broke the protocol at this point, you should be forced to forfeit. I, I do too. And I don't care if you got fans out there who are saying, oh, well, there's an asterisk next to it. No, dude. Every single person is responsible for their actions. Every team has to follow these damn rules. And if you're not going to follow these rules and you're going to cause the safety of other people to be in jeopardy, you deserve a forfeit. This I don't is, care what anybody says. This is the Yarton mad moment of the week. No, seriously. And, it, and it's going to be the mad moment for the next couple of weeks because it has a multiple week effect. It does. It does. It, it's ridiculous. I was the same way when the MLB had their issues. The NFL literally made an opt out. They literally made an opt out clause for you so you could get paid and not play. If you're going to if you signed up to play, do what you're damn told so everybody can, you know, have something to look forward to on Sundays. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than an individual thing. Right. This is 
the health and safety of your teammates, your friends, other teams, your family, everybody. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Speaking of other teams, like, I don't even really feel comfortable sending the Bills down there to play. Yeah. Like, I almost would rather the Bills forfeit the game, lose one game, keep everyone healthy, and play the rest of the season healthy. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell the Titans are doing. No. Down there. You know, obviously, they probably had some sanitation crews go through there and whatnot, but I mean, come on. The, you don't, you the don't Titans know. haven't even been allowed in their own facility. Right, and you don't even know who else is really been exposed because the COVID tests take a couple days to come back realistically. Right, right. It's just a crazy situation. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. We got football, and I think the Buffalo Bills are going to take it to Tennessee. One, because Tennessee's missing like literally half their team now. And two, they're going to be with a bunch of practice squad guys who haven't had game time. Right. So let's dive into it. Grant. Yeah, let's get into the Let, Let's dive right into it, man. Now, Life- now that the ranting is over, let's get right into it. Lifetime record. Tennessee Titans lead this uh, matchup 27-17 over Buffalo. But since Sean McDermott has taken the reins here with Mick Bean going on in Buffalo, we are 2-0. And I, I gotta tell you something, man. I, I feel like we got this game. I do too. I'll tell you why. The Bills are set up for success in every facet of this game. The only thing that's concerning is the defense. And we've been saying it for the first few weeks and the, even the last couple of weeks. That defense hasn't been what it was advertised to be in my eyes. I'm still going to stick behind our boys. I think it's all circumstantial, man. We're making a lot of teams chase us. We sit in deep zones. We allow them to get those dink and dunks and move the ball slowly. We get tired out in that process. If we're not mentally prepared for that, then that I feel like that's where we're kind of losing a step. The thing that's going to bother me this week is the fact that the Titans are going to be running a similar offense to the Rams because the play action game is going to be so prevalent with them because they have Derrick Henry. They could set up that run game easily. Derrick Henry can run through anybody in this league. If that's how it's going to be, then I am a little worried. The reason why I'm worried is Matt Milano is already ruled out for this game. Right. Tredavious White might possibly be on the bench as well with a back injury. Yeah, it's a little scary to think about, especially on the outside. Because we just lost Levi Wallace last week. Josh Norman is looking like he's 100%, but we don't really know. Right. If Trey White's out, then who are you asking to take over that other corner spot? Are you asking Taron Johnson to move to the outside and put Saran Neal in the slot? Maybe. Or are you asking Saran Neal to take over the outside? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Right. It's definitely something to look forward to tonight. We got a lot of matchups that are going to play a key factor in the outcome of this game. And A.J. Brown is out for the Tennessee Titans tonight. He's not playing. And Taylor Luan is out also. And Taylor, they're, they're big left tackle. Well, Taylor Luan is, is questionable. Right. If Taylor Luan plays, I'm okay with that because I still think Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison are going to get after it. Trent Murphy's been a great guy this year. AJ Epinesa. We, we've got the guys on the outside to get to the pass rusher. I think what we're missing is that big monger right in the middle, though, man. I, Harrison Phillips, I'm, I've been a huge fan of him all year. I think this needs to be a big game for him. We need to stuff the middle. We know Derrick Henry's going to be running on us. Let's let's get after him. Let's. I think the front seven need to have a big game. Man. Yep. No matter who's in there. Yep. I know Matt Milano's not playing. Tyrell Dodson, if you're in, or AJ Klein, if you're in. Even Deion Lacy, who just yeah. got signed from the practice squad. Let's do they, it. They moved Delshawn Phillips to IR, by the way, also. And okay. If you had not heard that yet. Zach Moss is still questionable. Cody Ford's questionable. Brian Winters is questionable. So I guess Quentin Spain might get in there somehow, along with Ike Boatker depending on how they want to play that offensive line if both those guys are out. So there's a bunch of tangibles 
in play here, not just COVID related. Well, I think Ty Saki uh, could even see some time yeah. at the right tackle and move Daryl Williams inside. Good. There's a lot that could be going on tonight, so make sure you're paying attention to what how they come out in formations and whatnot. Maybe we might see a rotating offensive line just as much as a rotating defensive line. But Graham, regardless of who's out on that field, I think Sean McDermott's going to get our boys ready to go. I think we've been mentally prepared since you know all this shenanigans has been happening with the COVID related stuff. I think Sean McDermott has a way of speaking to his players to get us mentally prepped for this game, and I, I'm ready for that next man up. I agree with you, man. I think the biggest matchup to watch tonight is going to be our offense against their defense because that defense is really good. It's ranked top five in the league in most categories. Mm-hmm. Our offense is ranked top five in the league in most categories. It, it's just going to be a crazy game to watch. I think Josh Allen needs to have a huge game. and needs to be smart with the ball. That secondary is no joke. Neither is that defensive line. I mean, they got Jadavian Clowney now. No, I know. Jadavian Clowney is looking good, too. It's a Mike Vrabel defense. You know you know what to yes. expect when you get them. They're going to come at you. They're going to hit gaps hard. They're going to be putting multiple pressures on you. But the Buffalo Bills come into this game third in the league in offensive yards per game with 409.5. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot going on there. We got a lot of weapons. Even if John Brown is out for this game, he as well is questionable. We have seen what Gabe Davis can do when given the opportunity. Cole Beasley making that leaping grab last week against the Raiders in the end zone. That was fantastic. And Stephon Diggs is obviously, you know, he's a top two receiver right now in the league, man. He's everything advertised since yeah. we got him. Uh, it's There's a lot of firepower going on with this Bills team right now, and Tennessee's going to have their hands full. Uh, but Graham, like you said, man, they got a great defense, and if they come ready to play, I don't think this is going to be an easy game. No, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy win, but I know being huge Bills fans and dissecting basically everything that there is to dissect with this team, I think that our matchups are definitely favorable. Kind of sitting here wondering, would I rather prefer the long drives to keep Derrick Henry off the field if we have that many injuries on defense with Matt Milano and Trey White possibly being out? Do we try to keep the Titans offense off the field or are we scared? Are we scared at all? About the Titans offense? I'm not. And that's just because we've played Ryan Tannehill so many times in his career. We know him like the back of our hand, basically. Right. From his years in Miami, from the two games that we've played against, or the one game that we've played against him in Tennessee. Right. We, we know him well. I'm not afraid of Ryan Tannehill and what he can do with the ball. I'm more afraid of Derrick Henry, but I don't think Derrick Henry is going to rush for 500 yards. Right. And take over the game and score six touchdowns. Because I think that our offense can score six touchdowns easily oh, yeah. than anybody. I mean, we, we've been lighting up the sky with our passing game this year. But the Tennessee Titans come into this uh, matchup 12th overall in offense with 391.7 yards per game, ninth in rushing. So they're top 10 in rushing, which is where our that's where we kind of slack in that defense. That's why I was wondering, you know, do we kind of take these long intermediate drives and, and just move slowly here, try to eat some clock or... Are we just going to let the offense do their thing and fly high if that's what it takes? I think we're still going to let the offense do its thing and fly high, but I think we're going to be d- doing more dinking and dunking than we did last week against the Raiders. I agree 100%. I mean, this is going to be a tenacious game. We're going to see a lot of hard hits. We've got some, uh, I'm sure we're going to see some smack talking going on. Right. I mean, Duke Williams, if he's in this game, if John Brown's out, I'm telling you what, Duke Williams is going to be out dogging, man. Yeah. And he's going to be making his presence known. He's been doing it great. I don't know if, you know, Bill's Mafia, if you guys don't see those clips, about our weekly practices, Duke Williams is making a play every day yeah. over our corners. Not to mention Duke Williams had that great game against Tennessee last year. Exactly. He had the game-winning touchdown. Right. That's where his big mark was made, and everybody in the in the stands was just yelling Duke. Everybody thought they were booing at first, and all of a sudden the announcer's like, oh, no, man, those are all Bills fans yelling Duke. Now, is Duke playing this week? I don't know. 
I think that all depends if John Brown's out. I well, I also saw that Andre Roberts is questionable this yeah. week as well. So there's definitely a possibility that there's some slots they got to fill there. Uh, it would not surprise me if Duke Williams gets that chance. I mean, how ironic would that be? Yeah, of course Duke Williams plays this game. He's playing against the Titans. He's the Titans' worst nightmare. The thing is here is the passing game, regardless of who is in for the Buffalo Bills, has not hindered us one bit. We are second in the league in passing yards per game, 316.2 yards, man. And that's that's something that we're not used to here in Buffalo because we're actually used to being top in the rush, at least top seven in the rush. This year, we're actually 28th, though, with 93.5 rush yards per game. Do you think the running attack is something we need to worry about to this point? Or are we just kind of getting adjusted to something different going on? Here? I think we're just getting adjusted to something different, but I would like to see the running attack take a step forward this week. Yeah. Against a good defense. Yep. I agree. I agree 100%. I want to see Motor do his thing. He's been juking people out of their shoes all year long. The biggest question mark, though, is definitely Derrick Henry against the Bills defense. That is the key matchup in my in my eyes. If we can't slow down Derrick Henry, this is going to be a 21-20 game, 21-14 you know, game, touchdown, field goal. It, it's going to be close. I mean, our defense is 19th in the league right now, allowing 387 yards a game, something we're not used to. But again, when when teams are on the chase, it's it's you let them get those dinks and dunks and those 10-yard plays add up every now and again. Right. Do you have any other matchups that you're... Uh, you're looking forward to not not particularly. I don't really think they have much on the outside that's going to really scare me, uh, especially if A.J. Brown is out for this game. It, I know that they got Corey Davis. Corey Davis is pretty decent. But mm-hmm. the, other than that, you got what? Juanu Smith. Juanu Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, uh, I don't know. Man. The uh, the other thing is too, if this game is close going into third the third quarter, we, this has been our our kryptonite. This has been our Achilles heel. The third quarter is like a sinkhole for the Buffalo Bills. Since Sean McDermott, this isn't just a this year thing. This is every single year that we've had this new regime. And I don't know what it is. I would even say before Sean McDermott, too, though. I mean, it's something where we need to figure it out because teams like the Titans do have the ability to sneak up on you if you don't put them away. So let's hope the Buffalo Bills come out all pistons firing in the third quarter. And the other thing I just want to throw out there statistically wise is the Bills are fifth in percentage for third down conversions, which I think is going to be huge going up against this big defense. I, I agree with you, man, 100% on that. Third down is one of the most important downs. We're also 100% in our fourth down conversion percentage. Yep. So if we got to go for it on fourth. I got faith in Let's them to go, make baby. it. I think if we get in the red zone, man, there's no stopping Josh Allen. He's never thrown an interception. He's got 42 touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, this this kid hope, is unreal. I hope we didn't just jinx him talking about it, but yeah. I, Everybody knows it. Yeah. Everybody knows it. I mean, Colin Coward, let's talk about this for a second. Colin Coward last year, actually when this year first started, said that Josh Allen did not deserve to be on the top 100 players because he's not even a top 200 player. Right. In his eyes. I do remember this. And I was pissed. The dude just talks because they paid him a lot of money and he has to take up screen time. And now... Because Josh Allen is making a running for the MVP. He comes out and says that the Bills have everything in the making of a Super Bowl run. Where, where were you before, Colin? Yeah. It sounds like you had hopped on the bandwagon, yeah. buddy. He wants to change the show from the Colin Cowherd show to the Colin Circle the Wagon show. <laughs> He's on the Bills bandwagon. He's dude. on the Bills bandwagon. But you know what? We'll take all the fans we can get. Just know. We know, Colin. We know where you lie. Speaking of new fans, real quick. Yeah. yeah did yeah. you see that the, the Bills Mafia is making fans fill out a fan uh, <laughs> transfer form? That's hilarious. That is so, it is so funny. That's is so great. Bills Mafia. You guys too. are the best. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep up all the support for our boys out there on the field that they give us a great show every Sunday. Well, now Monday. 
uh, or and Tuesday and Tuesday every day of the week, every day. Just keep showing that support. I'm sure that they love it. They talk about us all the time. And you know what? Like I said for the third time now, I think the Bills got this one in the bag. Get a fast start in the third quarter and, and bring home a W out of Tennessee. Yeah, agreed, man. And I, I want to quickly just get into some game predictions for this week. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, what do you think the final score is going to be? Final score. All goes well. Perfect world. I'm going to go with a 27-13 Buffalo Bills. I'm saying 31-18. to Woo, baby. We're going high. Yeah. All right. All right. Who's got the most receiving yards in your eyes? Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis. I'm, I'm going under the radar. All right. I think that Gabriel Davis is going to have the most receiving yards, but not a touchdown. I think Stephon Diggs is going to have two touchdowns this week. Okay. And I think Motor is going to get in for a receiving touchdown. All righty. Uh, how about how many sacks do you think the Bills come away with tonight? I'm going to say over under one. Over under one? One sack. I'm going to say three. I haven't been very impressed with the Bills' pass rush this year. I, I know that we said in a previous episode that the Bills have one of the highest win rates for pass rushing. That doesn't mean that they're getting to the quarterback. That just means that they're beating their guy. Right. So they need to do a better job at actually getting to the quarterback. I'm going to say one sack to be safe. I would love to see five. I, I think that the Bills, they're just going to get a little bit more meshing going on. They're going to figure it out. Ed Oliver's going to become a freak of nature in the middle again. He's He's been quiet this year so far. Yeah, he's been dealing with an injury pretty much every single week since he tried tripping that dude in the hole. But hey, you know, I think Harrison Phillips is going to get some, he's going to get a tackle for a loss this game against Derrick Henry. I, I feel like he's going to meet him in the hole at least once, take him down by himself. And I, I think Harrison Phillips is going to get hairy. I, I love it. I love the idea. <laughs> Any interceptions for the Bills or Titans? I think the Bills have the chance of coming away with two in this one because Tannehill likes to run that play action game. He likes to just kind of fake it, throw it yep. right away. And I think that somebody's going to jump around and get it a couple right. times. Let's go Micah Hyde. I think Micah Hyde's going to come away with at least one interception this game. They like to set up that deep route, but... No A.J. Brown. Let's see what Corey Davis can do against whoever he's matched up against. I think any of our corners can match up against Corey Davis. Not really too threatened by him. Biggest uh, threat I think we have to deal with other than Derrick Henry is Johnu Smith over the middle. Yeah, I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be matched up with him mostly for the night, and I'm fine with that because Tremaine Edmonds is a freak. Yep. Tight end has been the one position that we can't seem to slow down, or we do a little one game, and then the next game they kind of go off. Darren Waller kind of ate us up pretty good. Josh Norman, I know, got that fumble, but... Darren Waller was open a lot in that game. We did stop Tyler Higby. Mike Gusecki torched us in Miami. So the the tight end position has definitely been another weakest point for us. I'd say it's week to week. So let's let's hope we can put a stop to John New Smith and make the Titans one dimensional or stop Derrick Henry and make them throw against us in the second half. We got this game. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So all right, Graham, this is my last prediction for you. I got a question. Does Josh Allen throw for over three hundred yards again? I don't know, man. I think this would be tough this week. Yeah. That Titans defense is a lot better than most of the defenses he's been going up against this year. I got faith in the young man. I think he's going to hit 320. 320. All right. 320, says Eric. Four Josh Allen yards in this game. Passing, that is. Hit us up with your feedback. Let us know what you guys think. Is Derrick Henry the biggest threat? Is Tannehill the biggest threat? Who knows? We'd love to hear back from you. Like we said, the Facebook page is live and in charge. Hit us up on there. Your your support's been great to this point, allowing us to have this drive to come on this show and talk to you about our favorite teams. Thank you again. Yeah, just like AY said, everybody, make sure you're still hitting us up on Facebook. Uh, make sure you guys are still hitting us up at Woodbine underscore sports on Instagram. Tune in into that Woodbine Sports podcast every Wednesday with us and our boy Greg. If you guys know any Giants fans, make sure you're sending them towards Greg's way at Giantsology. It's a great podcast with him and his buddy Diego. 
I'm sure that they will enjoy it. If you guys are interested at all in that and want a good conversation, go check that out. You guys have been great. It's been awesome. Thank you. Graham, thanks for being here after a hell of a week of figuring out when we're going to play. I'm glad we could get on the mic. No problem, brother. No problem. So, all right. Every Monday, every Saturday, stay tuned. And as always, Binge on.